Hi, my name is Tony Thaxton. Like anyone else, I love a great album. But I also love those strange albums that might make you wonder how and why they even exist. But I'm not here to make fun of them. I'm here to celebrate them and tell their story. This is Bizarre Albums. Today's episode, The Simpsons Sing the Blues from 1990. On April 5th, 1987, The Tracy Ullman Show debuted on the Fox Television Network. At that time, it was only Fox's second original primetime series, the first being Married with Children. The show's creator and producer, James L. Brooks, wanted to showcase Tracy Ullman's many talents. Who is this Tracy Ullman, anyway? Me, 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 me. I feel pretty, I'm so pretty. I'm Tracy Ullman. Watch me. Thank you very much. She was the first British woman to be offered her own sketch comedy show in both the United Kingdom and the United States. In the U.S., she was already known for her music career, with a hit cover version of Christy McCall's They Don't Know, which reached number eight on the Billboard charts in 1984. The show's format, which was conceived by Brooks, blended sketch comedy, musical numbers, and animated shorts. In this 2013 interview with The Hollywood Reporter, Brooks explains how those animated shorts came to be. And we thought that, you know, these bumpers you have before you go to commercial, that we'd make them little entertainment pieces. And we do these 30-second animated pieces. And uh, I knew of Matt Groening's Life in Hell, and I asked him to come in and do one, not to, and, you know... And it was just for the network nobody ever heard of, for this <laughs> thing that very few people would watch. And, um, and he came in and sat in the building we're in now, and in the outer office, as a bolt from God, sort of drew what became of The Simpsons. Wow. When episode three of The Tracy Ullman Show aired on April 19, 1987, it was the world's first introduction to the dysfunctional family, The Simpsons. Although they looked and sounded a bit different than they do today. Um, Dad? Yeah? What is the mind? Is it just a system of impulses, or is it something tangible? Relax. What is mind? No matter. What is matter? Never mind. <laughs> In 1989, after three seasons on The Tracy Ullman Show, the shorts were developed into a half-hour primetime show. In its very first year, it was Fox's first TV series to rank among the top 30 highest-rated shows. By 1990, Bart Simpson had quickly become one of TV's most popular characters. Bart Mania was so strong that for season two, Fox moved the show's time slot to directly compete against TV's number one show, The Cosby Show. In an interview with Entertainment Weekly in 1990, Bill Cosby said of The Simpsons, TV should be moving in a direction from the Huxtables forward, not backward. The mean-spirited and cruel think this kind of programming is the edge. And their excuse is, that's the way people are today. But why should we be entertained by that? And in another interview, he once described Bart as a bad role model. I'm just going to leave that alone. <laughs> it was official. The Simpsons were a pop culture phenomenon. 
and on December 4th, 1990, The Simpsons Sing the Blues was released on Geffen Records. Woohoo! The idea for the album was born from a season one episode called Moaning Lisa. In the episode, Lisa meets jazz musician Bleeding Gums Murphy. In a 2015 interview with Complex.com, Simpsons writer and producer Al Jean said, Lisa has the blues in the episode, and it would be funny and appropriate since Yardley, Smith, the voice of Lisa, has a great voice for her to sing the Moaning Lisa blues. It was just a little song about the plot of the episode. I've got a bratty brother. He bugs me every day. And this morning my own mother, she gave my last cupcake away. My dad acts like he belongs. He belongs in the zoo. I'm the saddest kid in grade number two. Gene goes on to say, Then Jim, as in James L. Brooks, had an offer to do the album when the show was such a success. He said, We should have them sing the blues like they do in that song. So we got to expand the song and put it on the album. That song, though it had a new arrangement, would be the only song from the album to ever actually appear on an episode of the show. The Simpsons voice actors recorded the album in September of 1990 while simultaneously in production for season two. It proved to be difficult. Season 2 would go on to debut in October, and in November, the album's first single was released. Do the Bartman is credited as being written by recording artist Brian Lauren. But depending on who you ask, there was possibly an uncredited co-writer. Michael Jackson. <laughs> yes, that Michael Jackson. This wasn't the only time that Jackson would go uncredited with The Simpsons. In season three, he voiced a character named Leon Kompowski that Homer meets in a mental institution. Leon claims to be Michael Jackson. Here's Matt Groening talking about the experience. How is it that he, the rumor is that he didn't do the show? He did do the show. He didn't want credit for it or there was some kind of deal with his record company or whatever. So when it came time to sing the songs, he had a sound-alike singer. And he stood there and watched the guy who was so nervous, who had to sound like Michael Jackson. And then uh, he, he, he giggled. But let's get back to Do the Bartman. In an interview with Complex.com, songwriter Brian Lawrence said, James Brooks came to Mike about doing a song for an album project on The Simpsons. Michael brought it to me. How'd you like to do a song for Bart Simpson, he asked. Of course I jumped at this, he said. Do it however you want. Just find a spot where you can say, If you can do the Bart, you're bad like Michael Jackson. Again uncredited, Jackson provides backing vocals in the chorus and oversaw when Nancy Cartwright came in to record Bart's vocals. Here's Cartwright in a 2011 interview talking about the experience. We went in the studio and he... He directed me, and that was really, really fun. We had he he was he's so low key and so easygoing. I remember if you can do the Bart, you're bad like Michael Jackson. Just a little, little bit of a for Michael. It was cool. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
Got your happy price, price line. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Do the Bartman reach number one in five different countries and peaked at number 11 on the Billboard Hot 100. The music video was a big hit on MTV and was even nominated for a Video Music Award in 1991. The video was directed by Brad Bird, who would later go on to direct the films The Incredibles, Ratatouille, and Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, just to name a few. The album was packed with special guests, such as John Sebastian from The Love and Spoonful, Dr. John, Joe Walsh, The Tower of Power Horns, and the New York Dolls' David Joe Hansen, who at the time was performing under the name Buster Poindexter. Here, Poindexter joins Bart on the Chuck Berry classic, School Day. Soon as three o'clock rolls around, I'm out of here, man, I'm The album lists the song as School Day, though Chuck Berry's version is credited as School Days, and sometimes School Day, parentheses, ring ring goes the bell. And uh, I have to confess something here. While I was researching this episode, I found out that School Day and No Particular Place to Go are actually two different songs. Riding along in my automobile My baby beside me at the wheel I stole a kiss at the turn of a mile My curiosity running wild Cruising and playing the radio With no particular place to go Riding along Moving on. Track 3 had Homer Simpson covering legendary blues musician Albert King's Born Under a Bad Sign. Producer John Moylan wanted to get an authentic blues man on the track, so he called B.B. King's manager in New York. King was going to be on tour in Australia when he needed him, so Boylan express-mailed the tape to Melbourne, King recorded a guitar solo there, and express-mailed the tape back to Moylan in Los Angeles. And now suddenly they have a blues legend on the album. Born under a bad sign I've been down since I began to crawl If it wasn't for bad luck I said I wouldn't have no luck at all And that ain't no lie The album's next single was another Bart song, Deep Deep Trouble, co-written by creator Matt Greening and DJ Jazzy Jeff. 
Jeff also produced the track. Though the single was not as successful as Do the Bart Man, it still reached the top 20 in Sweden, the top 10 in the UK and New Zealand, and number one in Ireland. Soaked to the bone, standing in a puddle, no one needs to tell me I'm in deep, deep trouble. The majority of the album's tracks were produced by John Boylan. In his interview with Complex.com, he commented that cast members Dan Castellaneta and Yardley Smith were both great singers. Julie Kavner, the voice of Marge, wasn't much of a singer, but she could act her way through the songs. But the most musical member of the cast was Harry Shearer, who of course plays bass under the name Derek Smalls in Spinal Tap. Harry Shearer is the voice of several characters on the show, such as Ned Flanders, Smithers, and Homer's evil, greedy boss, Mr. Burns. On the song Look at All Those Idiots, Shearer pulls double duty as both Mr. Burns and Smithers. Look at all those idiots! Oh, look at all those boots! An office full of morons! A factory full of fools! Is it any wonder that I'm singing, singing blues? The background singers on that song? Well, they included Jerry Beckley of the band America and Timothy B. Schmidt of the Eagles. For its closing track, Bart and Lisa perform Sibling Rivalry. It's the only other original track on the album, and it's the only one that gives a co-writing credit to James L. Brooks. What kind of love brings such confusion? Shuts out the sun and kills all glee. The album also contains covers of Billie Holiday's God Bless the Child, Randy Newman's I Love to See You Smile, and Springfield's Soul Stew, which was based on King Curtis's Memphis Soul Stew. On today's special is Springfield Soul Stew. We sell so much of this, people wonder what we put in it. Well, we're going to tell you all right now. <clears throat> Give me about a half a teacup of bass. Today, The Simpsons Sing the Blues is mostly regarded as a novelty album. Al Jean himself has called it a novelty album with a capital N. While that may be the case, the album went silver in Norway, gold in Australia, New Zealand, Sweden, and the UK, and double platinum in both Canada and the United States. One million of its sales in the US happened in the first week alone. The album peaked at number three on the Billboard 200. Shortly after its release, record companies rushed to make albums for other popular fictional characters such as Barbie and even the cast of the ABC sitcom Dinosaurs, both of which I can't wait to tackle on future episodes. Thank you for listening to Bizarre Albums. If you like the show, please subscribe and go ahead and leave a review while you're at it. It helps people find the show. You can also follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Bizarre Albums, and I'm at Tony Thaxton on Twitter and Instagram. If you know of a bizarre album you'd like to hear featured, please tweet the show. I'd love to hear from you. You can even email me at bizarrealbums at gmail.com. My name is Tony Thaxton, and I'll see you next time on Bizarre Albums. Bizarre Albums.